What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Work Prince, the Magicians podcast. This week, we're on episode 11 of season 4. So, 4x11, or also known as the 411, the title of this episode, which I just figured out. Oh my god, I didn't realize that. Yes, it's 411, where we finally learn everything that is going on. And if you've been listening to these podcasts, and you sat through all my stupid questions last week, you might have learned that I was on to something. Because I was right about many, many things. I'm glad you kind of went that direction. I just, you know, couldn't, deny, like, confirm that. So yeah, I, I know. I was I was so happy. I was just like, yes! But what exactly am I happy about? Oh, we'll get to that in a bit. Um, Nicole, what were your... So, I'm your host, Bilal, and joining me is... Nicole. Good evening. I'm, my I, brain's a little slow today, FYI. Just, yeah. just you know, just uh, a warning. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, and I'm actually for once, I have a lot of energy, and I'm great. Unlike last week where I was dying. I even took notes because Nicole called me out last week, if you remember. And you actually sent me a picture, so I did. I'm very impressed. Yes. Impressed. But I don't know if you like actually took a close look at my notes. Um, they're like completely like out of order. Like I start in the top right, and then I make my way to the left, and then the you bottom right, and the bottom left. Take a look at this like right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm all over the place with my notes. And there's actually a second page dedicated all to the binder. Who we learned so much about this episode. Oh yes. Yes. The binder. What is this all about? Go yes. <laughs> yes. Um. So let's get started. Um. I think this is one of my uh favorite um starts to an episode uh because i think in previous uh, podcasts i've mentioned how much i enjoy how the characters just weave in and out of everyone's lives they have their own stories their own adventures and we finally get like a scene where it's Margot telling her story from last week uh first to quentin yeah first to quentin then to julia then penny walks in with pizza and she's like okay i'll tell it one more time and uh then alice walks in and she's like nope okay i'm done this is probably like um the most that we've seen almost everyone right although katie wasn't in the scene right no i don't yeah. believe katie was in the scene she's the only one missing okay yeah um, but it was like okay. Question then, right? How did number one Margot get back to Earth from Hillary? I uh, probably the Penny. Like they sent a rabbit and then asked Penny to pick her up. I I don't know. And like I we've seen this before. Like even with Josh. Like Josh is going back and forth, no problem. And I I, I think it's the button. It might be Penny. Um, uh, like we do see Penny. Uh, which we'll talk about in a bit. Like drop off Alice and Quentin yes. in uh Brickville South. But, yeah, it's, I guess it's just one of those things that are just like, they have multiple ways to get into Fillory at this point. Um, may, do they still have that? No, they don't have the, the what is it, grandfather clock? Yeah, that's, I mean, the, well, it's still, te- I mean, technically it's still in the little kid's cabin, but I don't know if it's still an active portal just because the last time, I mean, they used it, but they needed a key. Yeah. So I don't know anymore. Alright, I'll just chalk that up too. But do they have See, quick I don't travel even, spells? Uh, I don't think they have inter-world travel spells necessarily. But uh, honestly, I'm not even sure if they still have the button. Because <coughs> I could have sworn something happened to the button, but I just can't remember what. <laughs> okay, so I think we'll just deem it to uh, Penny Uber or yeah. Penny Lyft, depending yeah. on your uh, Preference? Sh- yeah. Yeah, ride share of choice. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, Margot tells a story of how she got the axes, uh, which can take the spirit or like basically stop possession, which mm-hmm. she's happy exercise about. Exercise those spirits. Yeah, she wants to basically exercise the creature out of Elliot, and but the problem that uh, they quickly run into is, I think it's Penny uh, that mentions that there's no way they can put the creature spirit in a bottle. There's no way it will hold them. And that's powerful, yeah. Yeah, and the only way that they're going to get um, him captured is to use an incorporate bond, uh, which is kind of like a spell that ties someone down to a specific spot. As I think Penny describes it as a fourth dimension... Paperweight. Uh, paperweight. 
Yeah. So Alice goes to uh, Dean Fogg because I guess the Dean might have been one of the few people who've ever casted an incorporate bond. But we find out that um, he did do it and he actually cast it on Professor Mayakovsky, but it was Mayakovsky himself who wrote the spell. Because at the time he didn't know that the Dean would use it against him, which is ironic, right? Yeah. Um, but Alice aptly points out, but isn't he a bear right now? No. Mayakovsky, once magic came back, was able to turn back human, although probably um, is no longer with his wife. Who oh, yeah. Met, um, a couple seasons ago and was actually, yeah, she was in last, I think, was she also in last, La- last season? Last season, yeah. the magic was turned off, so yes. Yeah. Um, but so, um, at that point, um, Alice goes back to the apartment and kind of tells Quentin and Margot that they would need to go talk to Mayakovsky, who's back in Breakbill South, because um, the school isn't using it anymore, and hilariously, so they slipped in this little tidbit wherein the current um, freshman class, half of them didn't make it, or more than half of them didn't make it, because there wasn't enough ambient magic for um, the migration spell to uh, make it all the way down (laughs) there, because they had to turn into geese, right? Yeah. Yeah. Ah, I must have missed that tidbit. Yeah, they had to find out the hard way. So yet again, another break bills class mostly has has um, expired. (laughs) God, and we'll soon learn about exactly what's happening with all that ambient magic. Oh yes, yes, yes. Yes. But big bombshells of this episode. Yeah. First, shall we talk about? Well, I think uh, there's one more scene. Uh, so I think Alice tells everyone oh, that's yeah. there about yeah. it. And then Margot's like, nope, I'm out. And Q's like, I can't go with Alice. It's so Alice. Awkward. <laughs> it's awkward. And uh, she's like, grow a pair. And uh, the two uh, get brought to Antarctica by Penny, who's like, I forgot my scarf. And dips to hell. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, he's like, screw you guys. Yeah. Um Good luck and good luck being awkward. Maybe. Yeah, and I, uh, I enjoy the fact that Penny, um, regardless of timeline, still has some of these qualities where he's just like, yeah, I don't want to be here, so uh, adios. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, I think what we're going to do from this point is we're going to split this episode up into four groups. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're going to start with Josh and Fenn is what we decided. Yeah, yep. Uh, then, jump to, and then jump to Quentin and Alice. Followed by Julia, Penny, and Margot, and then end with Zelda and Katie. So Josh and Fenn are um, still in Fillory, and they're basically dealing with um, oh, some a lot of like weird issues. But first, you know, the first thing that we notice is that Josh um, is walking. I think he's he's in the throne room in Whitespire when he picks up a biscuit that's on the ground and as he's about to eat it this gust of wind comes through and he's suddenly in the middle of taping a um a show called I think it's called, it was called like Eating Out with Josh Hoberman. Yeah. With <laughs> and, the camera crew and everything. Yeah, and everything. And he's like, "Wait a second. There are no televisions in Fillory, so why am I fighting this action?" <laughs> and um, pretty much as soon as he kind of says a couple lines, like the winds come back and everything, all the, the camera crew vanishes. And so he talks to Fen and Tick about it. And Tick says, oh, the winds of fate have come early this season. So, so I guess this is something that happens kind of yearly for them. Yeah. So did you get like a weird like global warming climate change type feel to us? Yeah. 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 Yep. That's exactly what it felt like to me. It's just like, because magic's out of whack, the entire magical system is falling apart. Basically screwed over right now. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I titled part of my review for this section Fillory and Climate Change. (laughs) (laughs) Great minds think alike, Nicole. Exactly. Um, But. Leave it to the magicians to talk about, to bring in, like, you know, like, a pretty important, like, topic of the real world and bring it into the world of the magicians, right? Um, and so, 
after they kind of chat about it a little bit, Tick goes, it's funny you should mention that because we arrested a naiad a couple of weeks ago who was talking about how um, Fillory's ecosystem was all um, whacked up and she was super pissed because um, there were I guess a lot of farmers and um, assorted people who were using her water essentially right? Yeah because the water acts as her blood if I recall so it's like yeah. So if you pollute it, you drink it, you're actually Poisoning like hurt. Her. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but so they jailed her because she killed she killed um, a number of farmers as, well, as a warning. <laughs> as, as I think as Fen uh, said, she deboned a farmer, and it was quite like with a lot of precision. <laughs> as the daughter of a knife maker, yeah. she was very impressed. <laughs> per- yes, and like. Uh, props to the actress. She really sold that line because oh, yes. the expression on her face had me laughing. Oh yes, she. Um, so then Fen goes, "Oh, we should go and chat with her." So we head to the dungeons, and um, the naiad, who's very angry and surly at this point, pretty much confirms right that there is something going on with the magical ecosystem in Fillory. And she blames it on this person called the 13th, right? So Fen and Josh then go to the archive to try and find out more about this person, but his name has been stricken from the records, and that's kind of weird, right? Yeah, um, but it's weird because no one can remember him outside of a nursery rhyme from a hopscotch Game. version of Hobbit. Yeah. yeah. Um, and at first, Tick even journeys to the Naiad's well and um, takes a, a glass of water from there and threatens to drink it and pee it and then make Josh drink it to, <laughs> as a form of torture, basically, for the Naiad. And Josh, so, is, just, Josh is just like, what? what? Like, what? is although really opposed to this because she's like yo we're not for torture what are you doing but Tick's like no we, he, she's the only one who knows the guy's name but she won't say it so I gotta do this but luckily he only I think manages like one sip or something like that and Fen remembers that nursery rhyme which teaches Valorian children about water management system and it has bears <laughs> so clearly Fillory has a thing for bears right yeah. <laughs> um, and then at this point, they they are Fen and Tick are able to remember um, the king's name, and I think the, his name was Rod Roderick. Yeah, right? Roderick. Yeah. Yeah. So afterwards, Fen goes, "Oh, um, there is that magical cistern supposedly underneath Fillory that he collected, and I think I know how to get to it." So they then rush off, and we will get back to that portion later, as it may potentially relate to many other things. I, yeah, I, it's this along with one other storyline, in my opinion, from this episode. Just for just like, they, I don't want to say they were lazy, but magicians has this history of doing things for convenience like bringing up like like this naiad for example out of nowhere <laughs> and like there's this magical well uh a magic <laughs> um that's like hidden underneath the castle like where was this last season nobody thought of like mentioning that there was this giant well um it it it's sometimes it just feels wait too convenient for the sake of the story, but Magicians has always just been, like, a fun ride from episode to episode where the status quo changes, where I I tend to forgive it. Well, I was thinking, though, too, so, um, just prior to that, um, when Tick, I think was it, it was Tick, it might have been Tick, or was it Fen? I forget. It was either Fen or Tick who... Or was it Josh even who was like, wait, maybe she isn't really talking about water and it's more of like magical, like a magical cistern, right? I think it might have been uh, Josh in that case. Okay, you're right. It's probably Josh. And, you know, that really makes a lot of sense, right? Given, I think we talked about it a little bit last week with the beast and how he had the wellspring as mm-hmm. the source of magic, right? Yeah. And, um, uh, shoot, I had a point to this. 
and I completely forgot what it was. Wait, there was a point. There was a point. Keep talking, Galal. I have to try to remember I, what my I, point was. That wells can be hidden easily. Or, oh, oh, no, no, no. Okay, okay. I remember now. Okay. So, because Black Spire is in, in the inverse of White Spire, right? Like, yeah. it's in the same location, just underneath, right? Yeah. What if that wellspring is actually then also kind of powering Black Spire? As in, you know how there were um like the yeah. stone the stones that were like the living stones? Like technically would they need an energy source to power it potentially to have it be strong enough to contain the monster? I always ima- I always imagined the stones themselves were infused with magic. Yes. But as an as a potential extra sort of battery charge, it could be that that sort of magical cistern provides some kind of energy that flows into it's, Black Spire as well. It's right? a possibility, but like, I don't want to jump too far ahead with what I'm about to say. But it's like, what would the? Do you think the gods would have had a reason to put just create Black Spire underneath Fillory, like? Well, what was the reasoning for that when they could have put him anywhere? Technically, it was Ember who built White Spire on top of Black Spire. Black Spire ah. actually existed first. And then uh, Ember flipped it and then built Fillory on top of uh, Well, b- well, you know what I mean. Like, below it, technically, then flipped it and then above it. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. I didn't read that Fillory in further book. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> really, no. They mentioned it, it la- sometime last season, I'm pretty sure. Like, I think it was that scene with Callista or Callisto. I forget. But, um, yeah, she was talking about how Umber based, like, that's how, um, like, Umber, or Ember basically pat White Spire on Black Spire, from Black Spire. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. There's a lot, there's still a lot of mysteries to yes. unwrap. So, where to next? I think we can jump off to Antarctica! <laughs> Bring your sweater! It's gonna be cold. It's gonna be chilly. And I'm not talking about the weather. <laughs> <laughs> it's a chilly reception. So, yes. Quentin and Alice um, are left um, at Breakville Southwich, which is pretty abandoned. And it's pretty messy. And they see blood on the floor. And they follow it to an, an unconscious Mayakovsky who surprise surprise has a bottle of vodka with him <laughs> and he's out. yeah and, and funny enough he has no memories at all because he's suffering from dementia oh yes so at this point alice then um kind of figures out what mayakovsky did wherein he used a timeshare spell to switch his consciousness from um another timeline so it looks like Mayakovsky went to the future and switched um, switch body switch consciousness with his uh, the version of himself that already had dementia but wouldn't it be interesting to find out what he's doing in the future right well no I think uh, Alice mentions that he mixed up two oh, numbers it was a mistake that's right yeah so he I think he meant to go back but he went forward instead. Which makes me wonder, what exactly was he still trying to do? Yeah, that's true. And like, is he going to be stuck there now? Or is there like a time limit to the timeshare spell? No, I mean, I think once you're done, you can come back. So as long as he's not in a body that he can't, I guess, cast the spell, I imagine he could come back. He could come back anytime? Hmm. Yeah. Cool. Um, so Quentin then suggests that he talk to Mayakovsky in the past, so then they can get the incorporate bond spell from him when his brain is still lucid. So at the, then they do it, and Alice is all like, um, make sure you don't talk to anyone and change anything because it could affect the present. So they he, Quentin essentially goes back to um, season one, Right? Season one. Quentin. Yeah, season yeah. yeah. And he... Also, great job on that wig. <laughs> like, I I was shocked at how well um, I couldn't tell that 
I was like, I was like, wait, did his hair get longer? Like, I really could not like tell it was a wig. So, great job, costume and uh, makeup team. <laughs> so when he gets back, um, Alice, past Alice, enters the room and starts making out with him because remember at this point, I, did they had had they just recently finally gotten together? So I think this is the scene where they actually get together for the first time, like after that giant nail scene, like where they're all practicing driving the nails into that piece of wood. Uh, I think this is right after that. Alice comes into the room, and like mm-hmm. this is, I think, what leads to that fox scene where oh they turn God. into foxes and <laughs> get <Yeah>. it on. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. Yeah, and I think Mayakovsky like references it uh, as well he, by uh, telling him uh, something about like tiny fox sex. What yeah, or, right now? yeah, something about tiny fox pants as well, or something. <laughs> so Quentin though um, refrain, restrains himself and actually ends up um, going to my leaving Alice and going to Mayakovsky's office, and um, Mayakovsky kind of knows right away that he's hiding something, and he's like, "Listen, you got to drink with me for me to help you, um, and I'm not really gonna do anything until you tell me." more information right so at one point so quentin does and mayakovsky first asks him what your discipline is because you apparently can't cast it can't cast the corporate bond unless you know what your discipline is which i thought was kind of interesting or is that tr- I ge- true right i, I guess know. it the spell casting differs per um oh, uh their discipline on, oh yeah that's fine yeah so we find out that Quentin's um, discipline is a mender of small objects. Yeah, which is very interesting because uh, I don't want to jump too far ahead. Uh, yeah, I'll get to it in a bit. Um, but yeah, he's a mender of small objects. And I'm trying to think of like things he might have fixed. Airplane, but, like, right? You... Yeah. Yeah, but then yeah, there's that. There's also... I mean... I don't want to call the cards, like, mending something, but, like, he was very good with card tricks. Yeah, yeah and manipulating it. Because I think... Even the coins, like, the coin, um... You know how he used to play with a coin, like, mm-hmm. like from finger to finger, and, like, make it appear, disappear? Like, yeah. that's also another small object, yeah. Yeah, and the stuff... Like, he was handy with the keys as well. Um, I just think in general... I don't know if that yeah. I'm, t- I'm reaching with that one possibly, but there it, there are aspects of like Quentin that it just makes it does make sense. Yeah. Uh, that that would be his discipline, right? Yeah. Um. So then, um, at w- finally, Mayakovsky's like, "Ugh, fine. Um, I'll write you the basis for the incorporate bond." But he also after. After figuring out what Quentin's discipline is, he re- he is able to tell that Quentin's from the future. Although Q really doesn't want to tell him anything that could jeopardize, of course, what happens, right? And so um, Mayakovsky gives him the basis for the corporate bond. And as Quentin is leaving his office, we find out that past Alice has been eavesdropping the whole time. And so she's really upset, and like they have a, kind of a chat, and um, he's like, he doesn't want to tell her anything either. But she's like, I'll cast a, a memory charm so that it'll wipe um, anything that sh- from her memories from like the last hour. And so he kind of tells her that a lot of stuff has happened, and like she, she they've both gotten really hurt, and she tells him that. She's not afraid of the future, but she's more scared of losing what they have because he's the best thing that's ever ha- happened to her. So cute, aww. And it's it's, it's nice to it's see nice. this. Yeah, I really miss old Quentin and Alice. Like, they, I do. Yeah, they I, have gone through a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, they have. They've had their ups and downs, and I. What was it? It's the, the line she says when uh, she gets to his room. She's like, the way you looked at me, it was like, there's there so much Which pain hurts. in your yeah. eyes. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, I, I don't even know what could have caused that. Yeah, yeah. And, like, she really wants to know what she can do. And, like, and I think Clinton tells her, you know, they've been through a lot. Yeah. Um, she, he doesn't go into specifics, but he's just like, 
you can't even imagine what they've been through. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like the scope of it. Yeah. And it's true. Like uh, Quentin lost an arm. Like it, 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 I don't think a lot of people remember that. Like his arm is uh, fake. <laughs> it's like painted wood. Was that during the beast? That was right after the. That's right after Alice died. Um, uh, oh my gosh, that's right. Because he had to go to that place with the centaurs. Yes, yeah. Yes, I remember. Um, but on the on the flip side, in the present, so past Quentin has gone into present Quentin's body, and so Alice kind of has to distract him and convince, kind of convince him that they're still, you know, in that time period, and that they need to, um, they're being tested by Mayakovsky right now, and they just need to like tie some magical knots, and just like how different past Quentin treats Alice is like oh my gosh like you know just like he's so casual and loose with her and like he kisses the top of her head and she's just like oh my god she probably missed that so much and like it was so nice to just like live in that even for like you know 15 minutes or however yeah, long I, it was I mean th- think about it since Alice has been back who has shown her affection of any kind not just even Katie. her parents yeah just Katie has like, last, Kate- last episode or Two episodes ago, yeah. Well, you really call that affection, though? Well, I mean, it's it more was... like friendship. True, true, true. Like but I, I think, I think a genuine. She cares a little bit, yeah. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll give Katie that much, but like, I think ge- just a genuine feeling of being loved. Um, yes, that is true. That's different. Yeah, yeah. She and I think, that. yeah, and then like, young Quentin is just like, what if we stop making these and we have sex? And he's like. <laughs> And like Alice uh, uh, goes and starts to kiss him, and as they start kissing, old like Regular our present, returns, yeah. yeah, he returns and he's like, whoa, 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 yeah, um, she's like, oh, this is yeah. <laughs> exactly. And you know, he tells Alice of his uh, discipline, mm-hmm. and what like she can sense the disappointment in him because he was mm-hmm. hoping it'd be something grand and great. Yeah. Uh, but she's like, all- it's better that you know what you really can do. Right? Exactly. And, you know, I, I think among some of the stuff that young Quentin broke was a mug, and so Q goes to fix that. And Alice asks him how he feels, and he's like, like, I helped it wake up and remember what it was before. And Aww. Alice, and Alice like, looks at him, turns away, and, like, looks back and smiles. Yeah. And it's probably, oh, like, heart. a top, te- top ten heart. moment for the show, because... <laughs> It speaks volumes, especially in regards to that relationship. Yeah. And I was, I was like, and, maybe and, and he's that's... repairing himself internally. He, <laughs> I, 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 no, he, he like he did that. He did that to Alice. Like, think about it. Like, oh, he true. fixed Alice. Um, like when she, he, when she was a niffin. When he was niffin, when she was yeah. niffin, and he was, and she, and he stored her inside his body. He what? Think of the extent he went to to save her. Uh, to yeah. keep her around, and yeah, it's it, it, it's it's like a nice touching moment. Yeah, but you know, now that you're reminding me of all the, kind of the sacrifices Quentin made, it's like I can't blame him for being so upset with her because she it took her so long to realize what she really had right with mm-hmm. him, and that you know I think because of like how she was in the past. That, and from that point to when she became a Niffin, right? And returning from the Niffin, like, all she became so consumed of as the Niffin was magic. And it yeah. was such a, it's such a overriding sensation. And I think that's kind of the same thing when you're a god, right? That's why Julia later on talks about certain feelings, right? Which yeah. we'll get into Or later. lack of yeah, thereof. Lack of, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And exactly. I think, I think the other thing we shouldn't forget too is like, Quentin also messed things up with Alice, and especially after that line of hers where, you know, she's like, you're the best thing that ever happened to me, yet he went and had that threesome with oh, Elliot yeah, and Marco. Oh, yeah, that's true. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, and like, th- that really, like, jaded their relationship towards yeah. the end of season one. Um, so it's like... Th- they've both they made bo- mistakes. Yeah. They've, but, uh, like, it, it's hard for me to say Alice has made a mistake because she did what she could to take down the Beast... And that's not easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, like she sacrificed, she put her life on the line. But because she did that, she became a Niffin. And I think how her 
personality changed was through a sacrifice okay. and how it was perceived by others was like, why aren't you the old Alice? Just because, as you said, she was overridden with like this godlike power mm-hmm. <laughs> in this case. Uh, so yeah, it's I I get it. I get it from both sides, and I just think we're finally getting uh, like this episode decided to end with this scene. Like mm-hmm. out of all the scenes, it could have ended it with ended this. Yes, ended it with this. And so I th- I think we're at a place where these two can might be able to it, start working things out again. Yes, at least become friends again. Yeah, yeah. as a first step. True. Yeah. Aww. That's so Quentin nice. and Alice are back together again. <laughs> um. So wait, what two next? Uh, Julia, we are Penny, Penny and Margot. Margo. Okay, so. Back at the apartment. Oh, um, we gotta do this fast. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we run out of time. Okay. Yeah. Julia. So back at the apartment with the, those three, they basically are looking at the binder. The bi- Margot gets the paper cut, and all the text disappears. But then there's one page with some very light text that they think is from Margot's blood. So Fantastic she, scene. And then she puts a tampon <laughs> in it because she's like, "Well, if they want blood, I got plenty." So then um, it uh, gets powered up again with text that they can read in Latin, and Penny 23 um, recites the spell, and then the book gives birth to a man who is the actual binder, and then um, the binder talks in third person and is hilarious and has been waiting for Julia, essentially, right? But before that, let's talk about Hyman Cooper. Yeah, because as the binder's talking and he's trying to access his memories, he passes out and he's just like missing pages. Missing pages cannot. Conven- convenience. <laughs> um, so they quickly realize that somebody at some point ripped out pages. the pa- ripped out the pages, even though the book was full of pages when they got started. Uh, and Margot notices something out of the corner of her eye on the upper level, so she goes to investigate the bedroom and finds a room full of like rose petals and candles and she's like what the hell is going on yeah and then she's turned yeah yeah like a floating vase knocks her out um so i think did margo and penny just like go up there to see where to have margo went uh julia and penny yeah they were like oh yeah julia yeah and then um margo then sort of falls out of the closet tied up and uh, Julia goes to help, and because of Margot's fairy eye, she can see a whole bunch of crap that human eyes normally can't see. So she sees Hyman, who is, of course, an astral projection, and tells Penny that um, Hyman keeps pointing at him. So then Penny goes to the astral, the astral lane and has a conversation with Hyman, and Hyman goes, you know, after Penny 40 died, I went out to look for you guys to find out what happened, and I'm basically doing all of this so that you and Julia can hook up and get together because you guys will always sacrifice your own happiness for the sake of other people. And he doesn't want them to do that anymore. But um, Penny23 is like, yo, if you took the sheets, please give it back because we need it. So yeah. they put the sheets uh, so, back. Yeah. yeah. So just to quickly touch on Hyman really quick. He is totally like the personification of the audience, right? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> um, right and Yeah. It's just, he's such, I completely forgot this dude existed. Um, and, and it was <laughs> just so like, weird seeing what? him back. Yeah. I, was, I, was, I was like, it's like who's, oh, it's that dude from uh, Be the Penny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when, when Penny died. Oh, I know, it was like unexpected, but good and then he call, yeah. And he calls the original Penny P40, P40. <laughs> which I love. <laughs> <laughs> okay, back to the pages. So... The binder then wakes up and it continues his story, and um, basically. I think we could slow down for yeah. this part. Okay. We, um. We do you want to take out, it? Well, go ahead if you want to. Go ahead. No, go, you're already going. So All let's right. do this. Okay. So the binder says it. Uh, he has to start at the beginning of his own story, which is in the library. So lo and behold, he's a librarian. Um, he then has a puppet show. And he explains that his um, his study of work was um, um, the great power, yeah, like the great li- magic. The limitations of great magic. And yeah. his 
focus especially was um, the inherent powers of gods. So he had a theory that when a god died, their energy would basically dissipate, but he figures that there must be a way to be able to preserve it and that they can be bound to an object like a stone and then that stone in turn could be bound to, an, to a, a sufficiently trained magician. So then, of course, they had a problem because you couldn't kill a god because then they would turn off magic like what happened last season. But then um, we find out that the gods made a mistake and created the twins who um, couldn't be killed. So, and they also had the power of many how do, So How do you how create do you something? Mistake? Like, what was, the, what was the god's purpose with the twins? Is what was, it just, know, was it just like magicians kept killing gods at some point and were just like, hey. We should try to maybe, create some indestructible ones. Yeah, yeah or something. Let's create a loophole for them. Go figure, right? So this did end up being a loophole for the librarians, at least, because then they could kill... Um, one of the siblings without any triggering any repercussions from the gods. So um, um, the binder, um, they decided to take the more dominant um, sibling, which was the female, and they cut her up into four pieces and bind um, like bound her powers to the stones. And then each stone was bound to a magician. So lo and behold, Angus. Bacchus, Iris, and Hecka were actually magicians. Uh, were actually librarians way back in the day, and that's why they had uh, they were able to become gods themselves because of the stone that they took from um, the monster's sister. So now we know this is such a huge bombshell that these four new gods were actually librarians in the past and you know even hey major clue from last episode where angus was like oh you and me aren't that different julia Hence, exactly it's like ooh. like i've been saying all season <laughs> it was just like the banner came down and it was like the binder was like Bilal was right yeah. the binder said <laughs> so i guess you know number one we already knew that power like magic could be transplanted from a god to a human Right. We saw that with Reynard the Fox and Julia. So now it was almost just like the magician's version of that, right? Wherein they were able to circumvent um, um, the gods in order to do this experiment. But the, uh, the four new gods got really scared that the binder was the only person who knew how to make him human again. And so they cursed him into a book. And um, it was a way for them to kind of hide him from history and hide him from the rest of the order. And it so happened that a young librarian read his book accidentally and put him in the mirror world as kind of like a protection, right? From what I remember. I. And I have a theory on who that I, librarian is. Yep. <laughs> I, I, I think it's kind of obvious yeah. who that librarian is. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then somehow... Uh, the binder in the mirror world had heard about Julia's quest and so he really wanted her to find him because he could either make her into a goddess again or turn her fully back human and he knew that she would need some time to think it over and um, the only thing he asks for in return afterwards is for her to burn his book because he doesn't want to be used again and that's so sad hmm. yeah but understandable but sad and I think that's it, right? Although Julia, there's a little scene with Julia and Penny, though, too. Where yeah, they're so, kind of talking about, like, the decision she has to make. Yeah. So, I th uh, yeah. So, she's got her of humanity. She says she wants to, you know, choosing humanity won't be, wouldn't be bad when Penny's like, you know, if you were, you were a god, we'd have a strong firepower on our end. Mm -hmm. But she's like, if I was human, I could feel, feel this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so then I think that wraps up. Has Penny now made out with everyone? Did he make out with Margot? I don't know if he made out with Margot. No, maybe not. I think not they just had Margo. a brief kiss, but I don't think he they've made out. Yes, yeah. not bad. Yeah. But you know what? I ship him. Oh yeah, uh, I would like them to bang one day. <laughs> yes, but that day won't be today because 
Elliot is back, aka the creature, aka the destroyer of ships. Yeah. Um, and he's like, my sister, she's dying. She can't die, man. Her body's dying. Yeah. Uh, the whatever body. Um, the body from last week that he took was, is is sick. So obviously, it's not gonna be good enough, right? Do you, do you, but wasn't that a doctor? No, she actually wasn't a doctor. She was just like a patient who okay. was diagnosed at that hospital nearby, I think. Um, so yeah, the monster appears and abducts Julia because she has an indestructible body right now, and that's what um, that's what he needs for his sister. So I'm so yeah. excited to see episode 12 to find out what happens. And guess what? That was another thing I called where I was like, she needs a body. Remember, oh, I said yeah. that last week. Yeah, you did. I was like, ah. Dun, dun, dun. God, I am so good at this. <laughs> Clearly, Bilal, you have like prophetic abilities. I think you know. Yeah, I. But you job. know what? I have no idea where any of this is gonna go you at this point. You need to visit from the Napster. <laughs> yeah, all, yeah. All I all I have left, I think, is my military future. Um, prediction <laughs> from that one episode. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's talk about Zelda and Katie because this is the other bombshell, right? So Zelda and Katie um, go to the poison room after Dean Fogg passes. And um, in order to uh, not get poisoned, though, they have to um, drink a bottle of insects because the insects um, eat out the poison in their bloodstream. I thought that was cool. That was a very nice touch. So they go yeah. in, Katie finds Everett's book, and Zelda's speed reads, speed reads, and she basically confirms that El- that Everett's been lying to everyone the entire time because he has been hoarding magic. And you know why? It's because he's trying to become a god. Dun, dun, dun. And he succeeds, according, according to the book. the book. Yeah. So Everett must truly be that like, young librarian read the binders book like yeah 100 percent a while ago this guy's been playing the long game yeah. as a shot at him well let's see this is what i don't understand how are librarians immortal well they're not immortal necessarily it's they just age slowly because when you're within the library time moves very different that's how zelda didn't really age that much compared to harriet right yeah I, but then, yeah, like, I figured they must have some kind of intense, like, time, like, suspending, like, spell, basically, I think. Because still Zelda grew up, like, even though she grew up in the library. Yeah, it's just, uh, they go by Earth time, it's just also confusing. Yes, yes. So that's something, um, yeah, like, they didn't really talk ever really touch upon that much like i think they might have a little bit i mean at in previous seasons like that's why when penny 40 went to the library it would also stop his um the degeneration of his body from the from the poison but every time he left it would continue hmm. mm-hmm. yep but yeah they i'm so sad about that i want my penny 40 back yo i want to find out what happens to him still though in his climb up yeah, in who, the underworld like who, who who still who is that person that he's yeah completely I forgot about that know. it could be katie maybe maybe i mean we like because at the end of this episode they're trapped in that poison room because it okay oh, huh. uh, can, yeah. can, can you say for zelda as for smart as she is she didn't think like to put like a doorstop or something to make sure like she had another way out of this room just oh, yeah. in case, like, somebody shut the door. You should have had, a, like, a plan B. Like, come on! <laughs> oh, oh. Oh, never mind. I Wait, was gonna could... say, what if, unfortunately, that, you know how um, Alice sent Plover to the poison room? Um, I was like, oh, but what about that rope that she left? But she actually threw the rope in, so never mind. They can't use yeah. that to climb out via the fountain, so. What, what if Plover survived? That's still totally possible because, you know, he's very um, clever like that. And I said, remember I said, we don't know if he's dead because we didn't see him die? Yeah, we didn't see oh him die. Oh my god. Yeah. It's possible that maybe he finds a way out, right? Or finds a way to oh. last longer in there or something. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> my up. mind is like, Hurry my up. mind is like. 12. I need to find out. I need to find yeah, so. Happens. 
normally we know what's going to happen in the next episode. We this know, is the first time. Because we, we don't know. There's no screener yet for episode 12, damn it. <laughs> oh my god. So, okay, so... Plover saves Zelda and Katie. We don't know how, but somehow he manages to do it. But what What else? So, how do you save Julia? Mm, my theory is that they're not going to be able to yet and the sister is going to get into her body but then they're going to probably fight it out for con- like control of consciousness or something like that All right so but then she might what, be able to keep you know the sister's like powers if she's able to over suppress the sister's like um personality and consciousness basically cuz then he, she would then be a, even stronger than the monster himself right cuz she's a yeah. dominant one but I'm trying to think. Oh, little detail too. So the binder said that when they split up the twins, the reason why the monster is the way he is is because whenever he's separated from his sister, I guess he regresses to like a childlike, confused state. So now we know why he's like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we know Everett becomes a god based on the events that are playing mm-hmm. out. But also, here's the other thing: the way these events are playing out, somebody is. Like, I think Everett's pulling the strings because they told. He must have some long term play in yeah. effect. Yeah. Although, like, I haven't. Because, in- because yeah. l- l- let's think about this. Yeah. He's gotten the library to take over magic. Yes. He has planted. Like,. If he's the only one that knew about the Binder book, how the hell did the Dragon's uh, liaison person know about it as well? Right? Uh, how did they know to find the Binder? Yeah, that's a good question. If he becomes a god and he's been hoarding this ambient magic this entire time, how does yeah. he How does he know he needs this much power or this much magic to do it? Like, I think Everett's been pulling the strings for a really long time, longer than, I think for a few seasons now, we just haven't realized it. Know. Yeah. I mean, think about it. The library was introduced back in season one, yeah, and so if true. we're gonna have a if we're gonna have a series big bad, it's probably gonna be Everett, and he's probably gonna be successful. How he knew about what's in Black Spire, about the magic, the keys, and everything. I mean, think about it. The book that they Quentin use, it's a book. Like the library knows yeah. about books. Oh, that's uh, true. Yeah, that's true. They have access to their books, so they to a degree have knowledge of how events but, will play out. But there was the great blank spot. Which Remember? was due, wasn't due the blank the spot? Of magic. Was it due to the disappearance of magic, or was it due so. to the disappearance of the seven, because their identity changed? No, 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 no. Oh, so it magic. Was, it was yeah. The great blank spot was the magic. The okay. Yeah. So technically, unless he was somehow told about that, like you know what I mean? Like it's possible. Um, it depends on how. I, how, how the books were written. Like, even though we know Cassandra wrote the books, like, was there any way for them to know, or at least him to somehow get outside information on what the Great Blind Spot actually was? Like, would the gods know? Because the gods, if there was a god that could have told him, right? Then he would. But why would they partner of, with a him? Step ahead of everyone else. Who knows? That's that's the mystery. Could it be a god fell in love with him? I don't know. Um, but before we go to, like, um, Josh and Fen and the cistern, so they find it, right? Yeah, so, okay, first off, this entire thing was hidden behind the game of Bear Skip, Mm -hmm. aka Hopscotch, that was right there, that nobody played this specific manner, (laughs) like, Josh was the first one to do it to find this staircase, that's, that's a bit lazy in my opinion, (laughs) but, um... Uh, I do enjoy that Josh still continues to eat off the floor. Um, eh, but, yeah, so they find the secret passage, which brings them to more magic. So, somebody is... Is Josh going to become a god? See, I don't know. That's kind of good. But I kind of... I, I was wondering after I saw that, like, is there a possibility that Roderick, the 13th king, could have been Everett? Like, he, he was hoarding magic for himself also, but also in Fillory. You know what I mean? Like, like, like it was another magical cache for him. 
And Yo. if, especially if the librarians lived for a very long time, he could have totally been in Valorian history if they had somehow access to a portal at some point, right? Yeah. So, I mean, well, they had access to the fountains, so. Oh, that's true. So he could have gotten to like Valorian. Yeah. Story. Yeah, very easily then, right? And are they? I'm guessing all librarians are humans. I don't think we've met a non-human librarian yet at this point. Yeah, I think it's yeah. safe to say so. It then he could be because a child of man yeah. can be king, king. of yeah. only, be the only ones to be king of Fillory. Yep. Oh my God! What if? Right? What if in like, this how, in these five minutes? Why yeah. bring that up now? What if in these five minutes we just figured out this entire yes. season, <laughs> the entire long arc? We're Sarah so Gamble. Good. Hire us. <laughs> we will give you uh, more ideas in your writer's room. <laughs> oh no, they can't take our writing or ideas. Actually, you're not—you're never supposed to tweet your ideas at writers because oh, then yeah, they block then, you. Yeah, it's all like a like, liability yeah. lawsuit type yeah, thing. Yeah, understandable. understandable. Yes, <laughs> but uh, I think that does it for, for tonight, this week's yeah. episode. Did we forget anything? Alright. Yeah. Until next week when we will also finally find out what happened next and find out if any of our theories are true. <laughs> yeah, if we don't get a screener, don't expect this on time next yeah, week. It'll be uh, late. <laughs> yeah, it'll be late for sure, but we'll definitely get one up. Um but yeah, if you know you guys can always find the calls reviews over at theworkprint.com. They're always fantastic. Uh you can always follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. <sighs> I, 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 keep, I keep saying Spotify. It'll happen one day at the work print. Uh, make sure you leave a comment or subscri subscribe or five-star review. Maybe a one-star review. Anything. Just give us some sort of feedback. Maybe not a one-star review. Okay. Yeah, um, it's okay. You don't have to. <laughs> tell your friends. Uh, and if you have any suggestions for what we should do next uh, after the magicians. Because I'm kind of drawing a blank, Nicole. I want to continue this, but I don't know what yeah, show we'll we should pick next. Yeah, we'll have to figure out our next show. Yes. But uh, till next week, guys. Adios. Goodbye. Bye bye.